did you guys know that sometimes passing on what appears to be the opportunity of a lifetime can actually be the opportunity of a lifetime? Now, you're probably thinking, what is he talking about now? Just give me a moment. Stick with me on this. Let me explain. Every opportunity that lands in our laps is not always the right opportunity. Follow me. Now, just because an opportunity checks these boxes that we have as being financially lucrative, give you a sense of freedom, prestige, all of that. It can check all of those boxes and it still doesn't mean that it's right for you. For instance, when financial gain is the main factor laced within these opportunities, essentially you've just made a subconscious commitment to follow that dangling carrot wherever it should lead. And if you don't believe me, I want you to just sit there for a moment and recall a decision that you made in the past where financial gain or prestige was the main reason you made your choice. I don't care if it if there were other factors included, like I got to take care of my family and um, I got to pay for this car note. I don't care what other factors was involved. I'm specifically talking about the immediate financial piece being your deciding factor in that that choice that you made to do this. I'm telling you, it's going to take a keen sense of self-awareness and just straight up honesty on your part. You don't have to tell nobody, but you do have to be honest. Life has taught me that in order to spot the biggest, I mean, those big opportunities, we have to remove money from the equation. Don't go anywhere, though, because when I come back, I'm going to go a little bit deeper into this entire subject. Be right back. Welcome to the Future is Now podcast. I am your host, Mr. Foresight. Join me on this journey of personal growth, success, and the intentional destination of unleashing our full potential. I believe that success comes down to having courage, confidence, but most important, taking charge of the future that God intended us all to have. Welcome back to another episode of the Future is Now podcast, the space where lost dreams are waiting to be reclaimed by their owners. I am your host, Mr. Foresight, that one friend you can count on to give it to you straight. Now, today's topic is one that may sound counterintuitive at first, but I assure you, it is truly a game changer. Saying no to an opportunity can sometimes be your biggest opportunity. And I'm going to prove that today. We're going to explore why chasing the dangling carrot of financial gain and prestige may not always lead you to the best path forward. So I just want you to sit back as always open your mind and we're going to dive in. But before you do that, 
If you love what you're hearing on the Future Is Now podcast, spread the word. Share it with someone who can use some inspiration in their lives. Let's build a community of free thinkers because together we are going to watch this network thrive and grow. Find all of our links in the description below and give us a follow. Your future self will be grateful. So, one more thing. I got an affirmation for you guys today. A new one. And this affirmation that we're going to say is predicated around everything that we're going to talk about. So, without further ado, I want you guys to repeat after me. I affirm that all circumstances are mine to mold and to my choosing. I alone control the perspective in which I choose to see what is before me. I accept that success and failure is an option based on my actions alone. Therefore, I choose success every time. All right, guys, let's talk about it. Let's talk about removing financial gain from every equation in order to find the best opportunities that will work out in the long run. And I'm going to start this out with a personal story. And through this personal story, what I learned is always gamble on yourself. It is that simple. Always gamble on yourself. This story is going to take me back, though. The story is going to go back to before I entered the corporate world. And when I say the corporate world, you know, I mean the suit, tie, air conditioned office, you know, things like that. And for me, that corporate world was federal working for the federal government and not in the sense of uh, the military. But my when I entered the corporate world, it was to serve our military veterans, veterans like myself. And tell you a little bit about me before I actually got into the corporate world. I worked. I told you I worked some of Every place, uh, Target, uh, Menards, Walmart, anywhere I could make a buck, but I never did it full time. None of those jobs. And the reason I didn't do them full time is because I knew that wasn't my, those wasn't my, the, the, the paths. I wasn't supposed to commit to those paths that I was taking at the time completely. And I've always had a sense for those type of things. So what did I do the other part of the time? I was either going to school and working part time or I was working on a business at the time and working part time. I would never. And this has always been in me. I would never give so much that I couldn't give to myself back on my own dreams and aspirations and that's what I always implore that everyone does you have to you have to be selfish with your own dreams and aspirations and leave a little for them 
in order to reach them. So back to my story. So as I as I'm um, working part time, going to school, I reached a point where I learned that and this is something, a realization that I woke up to. Uh, every one of those places that I was working at the bottom, it was, it was all about the bottom dollar and making money. Everything was around making money, whether it was Walmart, whether it was Target, whether it was uh, Menards. It was all about how much money we could make. Yes, you see that they give the charities and different things, but ultimately it was about selling goods and services or shall I say just selling goods. To people You know they set up for Black Friday And you know the mob come in You know and the higher you go in those corporations They really don't care nothing about that And They're about the bottom dollar How much did we sell How much inventory is left How do we get that inventory Out the door And I felt empty Even though I knew This is, this is just a world I had one foot in or shall I say, yeah, this is a world I had one foot in and then I had my, another foot and my own things. Well, that that foot that was in that that uh, consumer driven uh, world was starting to eat at me. I didn't have any fulfillment. I, I didn't feel like uh, I was getting any any true spiritual. Yeah, just fulfillment. It, it was no substance. It was nothing, no substance at all. And it was at that point I said to myself, you know, I want to go and I want to be a part of something, of an organization or a place where it's not about the money. It's not so much about the money. It's about, you know, what you're doing to help others. And this is just a conscious Decision. I would never forget it. It was a conscious decision. And at first, I wanted to, uh, my, my focus was, oh, how do I get into like the Salvation Army or some charity to offer my skills? And my skills at the time was uh, graphic design. And I also, I also had leadership skills that, and I was, and I love people, I invest in people. I like to tell everyone that I always tell people once you invest in people, if you keep people as a priority, you will get the most back. If you invest in people, they will compound everything in your life for the better. And so that's always just been a natural thing about me. Rather, I knew it at the time that I was concentrating and investing in people. So much so that when I, as I think back and when I first started really learning the power of understanding life is being understood backwards is like the key. I remember that every one of those places that I worked, upper management was always angry at my direct supervisors because I was working part time, not because they didn't want me there, but because of my interaction with people and different customer service practices that I would use, not that I learned in a book, but just being me, 
they would get angry and they would constantly say, why doesn't he want to be a manager? And my direct supervisor, one of them actually at Menard, she understood me so much. She actually, her and I would have these talks about customer service. And we have this talk about other other staff members and how we can motivate them better and figure out what's their currency. We would have these conversations and I didn't realize it, but she was more so looking at me like a, a mentor. But I was also looking at her like a mentor as well because of her patience and her understanding with just the overall process of um, architecture. And for those who don't know, I used to build kitchens. I used to build them, not physically, because I'm not the guy with the hammer and nails. I don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. I'm, I, I feel like I'm more good to you in an office environment with air conditioning and heat. <laughs> I don't, I don't do all the other stuff. But um, I would design them on a the, on the computer in a program, and my job was to to take what somebody give me their their vision and of their kitchen or their or uh, some other place in their house, and I would design it on the computer, show it to them, change all the dimensions, put cabinets and different stuff in. And then print print the button and it would be a cost. And then that cost would be associated with our time and also all of the the cabinetry and um, anything, the sink and household goods that they're going to be needing to take that design from paper or computer screen and bring it into fruition. And that was fun. That was fun because I used to, you know, I'm a talker. I love to talk to people and get to know people. So while exploring and talking to them, I would design these kitchens and, and add little things that I would get from their personality and talking to them. And it was just it was just fun. But I had no asp- real aspira- uh, aspiration of climbing that corporate ladder. And it meant more. It was more so because of that bottom dollar. I just didn't feel like uh, it would be something that would fulfill my spirit or my soul. I knew I was there for a reason, but I knew it wasn't a stopping place for me. I knew I would have to eventually move on. So while doing that, I started exploring other other opportunities. And one such opportunity was with the federal government and serving uh, veterans and an opportunity came up where someone told me that it actually two opportunities came up and it was two government jobs. I could either go one way or the other one way I would go. And here's where I'm talking. Here's where I'm really going to get down into this for you guys. If I have chose, it was two ways. One was a guaranteed uh, offer that I had at that time from federal government and it was to work somewhere, I believe, like um, in Social Security. And by working in Social Security, I would have to to uh, see different veterans and I would have to, uh, you know, just give the best customer service I could. And, de- and two veterans every day. And then there was another one doing what I love. That was the other opportunity. And I would 
doing what I love as a graphic designer. And there was a catch, though. There was a guaranteed offer where I was going to make X amount of dollars. And then and an annual salary. And then there was another one. This one over here was just an internship with no guarantee that I after that, what was it? Uh, 90 day internship. There was no guarantee that I would get hired on. Now, it's another catch. That 90-day internship was completely free. I would get no money at all from that internship. And you talk about heavy at this time. At this time, I had a little bit of money, but I didn't have I didn't have a lot. Because I'm still growing at this time. I'm still growing mentally. I'm still growing spiritually. And I remember it was hard because on an indoor on door uh, one You got guaranteed money Guaranteed Decent amount of money And then on door one I mean door two You have No money But you have An opportunity To do something you know And love Something you do well And you love But there And and you It's, it's some underlying things in there But Hold on you get to do what you know and love, but there's no guarantee. In 90 days, you're back in this situation and you didn't make anything for it. And I remember having a conversation with someone, this guy, and he was a military veteran. And I remember he told me, because I gave him, I laid this out like I'm laying it to you, and I'll never forget something he told me. He says, you could... You could take the guaranteed money, but wouldn't you want to know just for even 90 days what it feels like to get up, get your coffee or tea or whatever it is you drink and rush out the door to a place because you can't wait to get there to do something you love because it doesn't feel like work. And I remember thinking like, wow, I understand because at this time I'm working at Menards and I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, while it's cool to design these um, these kitchens and I enjoy the people that I interact with on a daily basis and in the the management and I enjoy working from the shadows on customer service and making my mark and teaching I don't really enjoy going there every day. So I then talked to another good friend of mine, very good friend of mine. And I remember he and I were talking and we both almost said it at the same time. You always have to gamble on yourself because in the end, if you don't gamble on yourself and you just take the advice of someone then you end up having a lot of regret. So gamble on you, especially if you believe in you. So that's exactly what I did, my friends. I made the decision to take the free internship because there was a lot of things about perspective. My perspective at the time was getting stronger and stronger. But I, you know, I would go back and I would think and I, I, I laid them both out. Both these these uh, decisions that I had, and I do this um, 
often and I tell you guys you should do the same and I weighed the options I said okay one you can have a guaranteed paycheck guaranteed but that's going to include parking downtown and letting the meter run and run out every two hours to move my car to another location so I don't get a ticket because this is like down this is in downtown and and I'm not lying about that because this is what I was told by management before I accepted if I would accept it they said because I asked him I said what is your your current <laughs> parking because you know I know how it is downtown and they explained this is what they do so I was like oh okay and I started thinking about the winter time and I'm like yeah but at the same time it's a government job it's guaranteed money and it was pretty decent money at the time for someone like me coming from an arts. So I said, <laughs> I said, what about, is there like an option B? And they said, or you could buy this, exp- what it was expensive to me at the time, this parking uh, tag, and then you could just park in a, uh, one of the towers or something, which I couldn't afford. But that wasn't I still didn't care at the time, even though I had that in my mind. I was like, well, I, you know, I could use the money for my family. But I ended up going the opposite way. Why? Because when I looked at it from a different perspective, I was like, well, it's a lot of opportunities in here that people don't see. One, I get to brand myself while I'm an intern. I get to use my creativity and I get to do what I do anyway on a natural basis. I get to talk. <laughs> I get to talk about marketing. I get to talk about, uh, you know, the same skills that I've already used in, in, in my life. But what I was currently using in Menards, I get to do. I get to take people's visions, their internal visions, and I get to put that into marketing plans. I get to uh, put that into posters. I get to bring that out of them and make something beautiful f- from their words or their thoughts. And I was pretty good at that. So I had to explain that to my wife at the time. I'm going to be doing this, but ain't no money in it. <laughs> you could imagine that talk. But it went well. And I did that for, and I loved it. Let me tell you, I did that for nearly 90 days, but I absolutely loved it. I love the people. Let me tell you. I would go to work in the worst of blizzards. I mean, white knuckling it down the highway just to get to that cubicle where I worked because I enjoyed what I did. I would go off into this world of quiet and I would just design and design and design and talk to people, get to know people, invest in people. And that became one of the best decisions that I ever made because not even 90 days in, I was offered a full-time position and all because I chose to gamble on myself and say no to an opportunity of financial gain in the immediate time being. And was it easy? No. far from it but it was the right thing to do for me 
for me and that's not something i mean i don't know too many people i honestly don't know too many people who would have probably taken that gamble actually i know one one or two others but i have no regrets for that because it led me to a long and, and, and prosperous uh career where i had an opportunity to meet some incredible people that changed my entire life and put me on a whole nother road to bring me back around to where i am today so that is what i mean when i say that sometimes saying no to an opportunity can be the actual biggest opportunity of your life that'll take you further because of that situation but i'm gonna break that down for you real quick and i hope that resonated with a lot of you who are probably caught right now with the decision in your head that you like you're leaning one way or you're leaning the other and the one with the financial the immediate financial satisfaction or gain is actually the one that's carrying the most weight right now i feel like the best thing you could do for you is remove that money factor remove it and you're talking about someone i don't want you i don't want it to get no one out there don't get it twisted that when i made that decision i was already in a, a great financial space because i wasn't i was far from it i was far from it and i had to uh learn to survive with what i had while i was taking this gamble on myself and it paid off because i always say when you gamble on yourself there's so much more to lose but it is so 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 much more to gain and some of the ways that i made that decision is i i had to go off and reflect on my values and my long-term goals not no one else's i had to ask myself what do what is my long-term goal here i had to take time to clarify that first first and foremost and what was truly important to me and that's another thing that was truly important to me choosing one government entity over the other is that at the at that at the bottom dollar that that whole thing that i said about the consumer world where you're selling to a consumer from these places like the walmarts the, the targets and the menards that was being erased i was now be serving united states veterans and there was no bottom dollar attached at all so it was already fulfilling for me that spiritual need that i needed fulfilled so that was that was one that was one the other i was getting i would get a chance to do something i know and love and that's be a creative and to interact and talk to people on a daily basis so understanding that when you're making your decision will help you identify opportunities that align more with your values that you have and, if, and i'm telling you if, if you don't know what your values are you need to first discover that what isn't truly important to you when you remove 
money from the equation. Because if you do what you love, if you do something you love, the money is always going to follow. But you first need to focus on what do you love? And that's going to take practicing, practicing self-awareness. I'm very self-aware, more so than I was even at that point. But even at that point, when I made that decision, I was on my journey to becoming the man that I am today. So even then, and I didn't do it like I do today, today, but I developed a habit of checking in on myself and being mindful of my thoughts, my feelings and my behaviors. So in that situation where it was really a, oh, it was a, that's a headache field situation. But I had to ask myself, what am I fearing? Hell, I'm fearing that I ain't going to get no damn money. That was one of them. <laughs> that was my biggest thought. I'm not going to get no money. And then the, the, the one that was probably up there with that, that fear was the fear, the fear that what if they don't want you? What if they don't hire you at the end of the process? Now you're back to square one. So one part I didn't mention about that is I was offered that that social security job for the government, you know, for the state. And I leveled with that guy before I I didn't just leave them in the wind. I, I explained the reason why I wouldn't accept that position. And I will never forget the guy. He was so appreciative and thanked me. And he even told me that he admired what I was about to do. And so I was honest. I was transparent with him on why I was turning that position down. Because when I when I first interviewed for that Social Security position, someone beat me out and I didn't get it. And then like two weeks later, management called me back and they said, they explained it to me. They was transparent. They say, you didn't get that job, but we have another opening that we feel that you would be perfect for. And see, this is the thing when you, when you're transparent and when you, when you're honest and you're upfront with people. And I thought I had a pretty nice interview. They saw that, okay, this position may not be for him, but this other one is. And they remembered that just two weeks later, they were ready to offer me a position position because they considered me. Uh, they considered that I had already really interviewed, although I didn't get that first job. So th- for me, I at least had to give them an explanation on why I was turning that down. And it was a mutual respect. But I was able to do that because I was self-aware and, and, and one thing another thing you should listen to or should I say I hope you got from that story that I said is the feedback that I that I went off and got from people I didn't just make this decision because it was a big decision I actually got feedback from my wife at the time I got feedback from a very good friend of mine at the time and now love him to death and I also got feedback from another another gentleman who was a, a veteran. He's the one who told me about the story with the coffee and rushing out the house and to do something you love. 
And let me tell you, he was not lying. Even to the point I could have wrecked going to this job or should I say this career? And I call it a career because it didn't feel like work. And I had a trusted circle of people that I could talk to that were like mentors and, and our mentors, the, the valuable insight that they gave me was priceless. And it's, it's insight that I'm passing on to you guys now, but it's also insight that has carried me from one side of where I journeyed from to where I am today. And that's one of the most important things that I gathered from my entire time up to where I am today, bringing you what I know and love all the time. Never be afraid to gamble on you. Even if you have to set boundaries, which is something I also did. I, I established clear boundaries and it was, I learned to do that in all of the different careers that I've been in. And now more so ever, I, my boundaries that I set are based on my long-term goals. Like I am solid and where I'm going because I control that. I know I control that. So when I came, when it came time for me to make another, another decision based on opportunity, it was a lot easier to make this time around than it was years back. <laughs> so many years. And it's going to take you to be assertive. You're going to have to learn to be assertive when it comes to where you're going. It cannot be no hesitation. And you might have to develop your confidence to do that. And especially to communicate your decision. Because sometimes saying no to an opportunity is hard because you don't know how to do it without being respectful. And if you don't know how to do that, that's something you're going to have to practice because I believe you should never burn certain bridges. You just shouldn't do that. It should be a mutual respect that always it may explain. It may involve explaining your reasons for deciding to do something else but you have to express gratitude for the opportunity that was allowed to you and if there's no true gratitude you was in the wrong place like I I feel that if you pick your decisions wisely and your doorways wisely it is always some gratitude can be found in that decision you made even when it's time to move on you can always find gratitude. But again, it all depends on your perspective. Always. And you may be tired of me saying that. Perspective is everything. But guess what? Perspective is everything. And then you need to. And this is the one that I, I think about more so today. And when I mentor people. I, I tell them this all the time. I don't make decisions for people. But I tell them, you need to consider your, the long-term impact of saying yes to certain things. You need to think about how saying yes to an opportunity that doesn't align with your values 
and or your long term goals. You need to think about how that's going to impact your future. And when I say your future, a lot of times I'm talking about your mental health, your physical health, because you're no good to yourself if your mental health and your physical health give out on you because of a yes that you said to an opportunity that what that didn't align with your values. That will help if you consider these things, because that's going to reinforce your decision to turn that decision down. And after that, the only thing you can do is just take small steps, baby steps. You start with your smaller opportunities that don't align with your values or long term goals. And at the time for me, that was Menards. Although I love that, I, I really got a lot of enjoyment out of that. And I learned so much about myself and other people. I started with that smaller opportunity that I was in and how it didn't align with my long term long term goals, but more so my spiritual goals as well, because of the what was the bottom dollar. And then my confidence just began to slowly increase over time as I began to make those decisions those decisions that a lot of you out there are probably wrestling with right now and you'd rather just have a drink or or just go to bed and sleep it away for someone else to make that decision for you it'll become easier to turn down larger opportunities when you become more self-aware of who you are and where you are going in life that's all i'm going to talk about today and i really hope you guys really get the meaning of saying no to certain opportunities being the opportunity I thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Futures Now podcast. And I want you to remember that not every opportunity that glitters is gold. Sometimes, just sometimes, the biggest opportunities come from saying no to the wrong ones. Keep your eyes open, your mind clear, and always, above all else, prioritize what truly matters to you. Until next time. This is your boy, Mr. Foresight. I'm out. Woo. As we come to the end of another fire episode, I want to leave you with this thought. There's no limit to what you can achieve in life if you focus on setting and working towards your goals. So until next time, get out, master those challenges, and make no doubt the future will be yours.